it turned into this like just totally weird alternate universe of pain and confusion and just I just couldn't deal so I deleted the app and I, I left for about three or four months during that time it was the beginning of 2016 and it was right before Instagram brought on that stupid algorithm that we have now so I came back sometime around then and like everything was different welcome to the creator's mind podcast I am your host Justin Ortiz a podcast series sharing stories of creators about the reasons and why they continue to create. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And if you already did, share this interview with a friend looking for some inspiration. And with that, excited to introduce Kitty Stolzenbach. Kitty is a mobile photographer and is the founder of Urban Romantics. Today, Kitty shares her story of what led her to mobile photography, the changes of social media over the years, and how she overcame whatever life threw at her. With that, let's get started. Kitty, welcome to the podcast. It's great having you on. Thank you for uh, Skyping me in. Yeah. Hi, Justin. Thank you so much for asking me to be on the show. I'm really honored. <laughs> no, thank you for having me on your show. So Kitty yeah, is that was so fun. host of the Urban Romantics podcast and she, was, she asked for me to be on. So that was an honor in itself. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was no, that was a great episode. And <laughs> I hope everybody will listen to it so they can get to know a little bit more about you. <laughs> I know, right? It's always behind the mic. I like I like staying behind like the camera or the mic, you know, so it was different being Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. This feels really strange too. <laughs> so can you give the listeners a little bit about yourself, about who you are, like who is Kitty? Sure. Well, in Instagram land, I'm this dot kitty. I'm the founder of four current feature hubs, Urban Romantics, Archie Romantics, Nature Romantics, and then I run the IGers Silver City, which is like used to be the IGers used to be like an official Instagram thing back when they used to do their uh, worldwide Insta meets, but they don't do that anymore. So IGers Silver City, just for my little my my tiny little town where I live now. Um, I've been on Instagram since 2011. So where? So let's yeah. go back then. So where are you originally okay. from? How did you get to New Mexico? And like that journey in itself, like your little destination journey? So I was born in Denver, Colorado. I'm a Colorado native, born and raised, lived there most of my life. When I was five, we moved to Boulder, which is a small, smallish university town, just uh, northwest of Denver. I moved, I moved to Denver when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And I lived there for a couple of years, I was actually, I used to be a hairdresser. So, um, yeah, I moved to Denver because I wanted to do my apprenticeship, which is something that hairdressers don't really do anymore, but that used to be a thing. I wanted to do my apprenticeship with this guy who was in Cherry Creek, which is kind of the Beverly Hills of Denver. And he was a big hairdresser in LA, relocated to Denver, and he was kind of a big deal. So I wanted to work with him because he was one of the best hairdressers in Denver. So I lived in Denver for a couple of years, did that. And then I moved back to Boulder for a few years. Then I moved back to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> kind of went back and forth. And then, yeah, most of my adult life, I lived in Denver. I relocated to Los Angeles for one year. How'd you and like that? And I got... It's a good culture change for that one. There were a lot of things I liked about LA, but there were a lot of things I didn't like about LA. Mostly it was just... It was so much more expensive to live there. And that was really 
something we hadn't thought about when we moved there. This was back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a shock. And I ended up getting pregnant with my son and then we moved back to Denver because I didn't want to, I didn't want to raise my son in LA, like mm-hmm. the way we were living. And I wanted to have family around and friends and people, you know, just support. So we moved back to Denver. I guess it's been about four years now. I moved down to Silver City. It was kind of on a whim. (laughs) Um, I'd spent a lot of time in New Mexico as a kid. I have a lot of family in Albuquerque Mm -hmm. and I would spend my summers there and we would go down for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Spent a lot of time in Taos, Santa Fe, Albuquerque. Only had come to Silver City once when I was four with my dad. I do have family here on my dad's side, but I didn't really know them. But one of my cousins had kept asking me to come down and visit. And I was kind of having a rough time in Denver. I'd gone through a really hard breakup. I had gotten laid off from a job. And it was at that time, it was I was just having a really difficult time finding another similar job. Um, and was this hairdressing so, or was it something else that you... No, no, no. I was working at a uh, an internet startup. They reorganized mm. our our ecom uh, section, and they let my boss and I go. There was, was a lot of drama. That was a difficult thing. I'd never been laid off or fired before, so that was kind of traumatic for me. And then it was really hard to find work after that. Denver's changed a lot. You know, there's a lot more tech companies there now. And it's kind of, I, I feel like if you're not 24 and right out of school and willing to work 60 hours a week for no pay, then you kind of aren't going to get hired. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just was working some kind of low paying jobs. I was doing social media for people, marketing stuff just kind of getting work wherever I could. I was working for a a little popular gift shop for a little while doing all their social media. And then I started doing some buying for them and just, she just kind of had me do whatever she needed help with. It was just kind of a miscellaneous job. This was in Denver. This was before I left Denver. Like I said, my cousin kept saying, if you want to come visit, you can come visit. I'd been through a breakup. I was going to move to Sweden at one point. And then my ex broke that off. It was very traumatizing. And so I was kind of in a deep, dark depression and not being able to find a good job. And I just felt like they had just made pot legal in Denver too. And it was just like, oh, it's just turning into this weird place. All these people were moving in and our landlord decided to raise the rent. It's a really tough time. So I asked my cousin, I said, okay, you've, you've offered to let me come visit. Can I just come down and stay with you for a couple of months? <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life, basically. And I just kind of felt like I needed to get away. And she said, sure. So I packed everything I owned. I had gotten rid of everything I owned because I was planning on moving to Sweden anyways. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a lot of stuff, which was good. So packed it all in the car, drove down and moved in with my cousin and got a job within a couple of days. And I don't know. And then I got a really good job a few months later and things just started to kind of work out for me here. I got a really great job doing tourism for the arts and cultural district here and doing all their social media and helping with marketing and stuff. And I just, I love that job. I 
got to learn a lot about the town and the surrounding areas and all the history. Obviously, Silver City, it's an old mining town, but we have, you know, we have a really strong history here. Geronimo was born close to here. Billy the Kid lived here. Billy the Kid's mom lived here and died here and is buried here. So there's just like a lot of like Old West history, which to me is is fascinating. That's so cool. It's just been, I, I've always been a history buff. I was a, a history major in college. I just, I really like that kind of stuff. So that's how I came here. And mostly it's been a good experience. With those career jumps and everything, how did you find photography from being a hairdresser, social media marketing, and how did photography kind of play in that mix? I got my first camera when I was five or six. When I was a kid, my mom gave me a little Kodak Instamatic and it shot color film. And I would take pictures, you know, every week or two, my mom would take the film to the grocery store a week or two later, we'd go and pick it up and look at the pictures. And I mean, they were all pictures of my parakeet and my favorite toys, <laughs> stuff like that. But I, there was something about it that I really liked and picking up those photos at the grocery store every week was like Christmas. It was just so exciting to go and open up that package and look through and I don't know. I just always had kind of a, a special feeling about it. So I pretty much always had a camera. I took photography in high school. Back then we were shooting with, I believe they were Olympus 35 millimeter black and white film. And we developed our own film in the dark room and developed the photos. We're given certain assignments, things we kind of had to take photos of, practice composition and all those photography things. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And then after high school, I didn't really keep up with it. I still always had a camera. When after high school, that's when I became a hairdresser and I, mm -hmm. I was, you know, busy with school and stuff like that. So I wasn't really taking a lot of photos. But in my early 20s, I started dating this guy named Dean. We did a lot of road tripping and we drove uh, just all over the place. And so I picked up camera again. I actually had two cameras and I would have black and white film in one and color film in the other. I started shooting again and really loved it. But you know, I wasn't like, I mean, some of the photos were things that I would consider like actual photographs. No, I was taking pictures of our cats and <laughs> taking pictures of him because he was kind of hot and I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> but he was kind of, he was kind of camera shy. So, you know, not all the photos turned out great, but when we would go on these trips, like we went to the Redwood forest and we, we drove up the 101 from San Francisco to Vancouver. So we stopped on, you know, all the big beaches. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at back at those photos and a lot of them are actually pretty good. <laughs> and then we took a trip to Chicago, a road trip to Chicago, and we took a couple of road trips to New Mexico. So, you know, there's a lot of landscape stuff in there and architecture shots as well as just, you know, snapshots. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I kind of like renewed my, my love of photography then, but then digital came, came along. I, I did have a digital camera, but it was kind of different because then you had to, you had to have a computer. You could get your photos printed, but it was just like a whole different kind of thing. And I sort of lost interest. I didn't want to buy a new camera. I didn't want to have, I me. Mean, I didn't want to have to invest in, you know, a bunch of new equipment and lost interest. So years later, actually, I got my first smartphone and downloaded Instagram. Originally, I was using it 
to take pictures of my crochet work that I was doing. So I was, I got really into crochet for a while and I was working at this shop in Denver called Fancy Tiger Crafts. So if you're from Denver, you probably know that name. It's kind of a, a big shop there. I was teaching crochet and, you know, just really into yarn, fiber arts and sewing and all this stuff. And so I started taking pictures of that stuff. I was using Instagram just to post photos of whatever I had created. But then when I started taking photos again, I kind of, I got that bug again. I got that feeling (laughs) from when I had been, you know, taking so many photos in my youth. So I started shooting other things. And of course, this is a little tiny smartphone. It was like one of Mm -hmm. the first gen smartphones that, you know, had a very tiny screen. And I think it, it didn't even have a full gig of memory. So you couldn't keep a lot of photos on it. And Instagram and Facebook were the only two apps I had because they were so huge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They took up all the memory on the phone. (laughs) Instagram definitely renewed my love of photography. And um, I started shooting many other things. And then I started going downtown. And I kind of remembered that I love shooting buildings and urban type of things. And one day I went back and I dug out all my old photos and realized all my photos from Chicago that I took in like... 1992 were all pictures of buildings and they were all lookups (laughs) at the big you know skyscrapers there like there were all these photos of sears tower in the fog and you know uh pictures of the hancock building and and things like that and i know something just clicked you know and it was like oh this is something i've actually always loved i just forgot that i loved it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was that bug that you got like when you said you got the bug and the passion again what were those like raw feelings it was the same like mm-hmm. you said i mean yeah you get that giddy feeling when you uh take the picture and then you look at it look at it later and you're like oh wow that's kind of cool or yeah and just walking around and and through instagram i found you know first i was just posting stuff and then i kind of like started exploring hashtags and i didn't really know what that was about but i you know i started I started finding other people who were also shooting pictures, buildings and cities and started seeing what they were doing. And I kind of got inspired by that. And I found this, (laughs) I found this feature hub and I didn't even know what a feature (laughs) hub was back then. You know, it was like, what is this? They're posting other people's photos. I don't get it. And it was, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was something about cranes. Mm -hmm. They would have these weekly contests where they'd, They'd upload a photo and you would like take a screenshot of it basically. And then you could edit it however you wanted and repost it and use their tags. And then you would be in the, the con, the editing contest for cranes. And they were all photos of cranes, right? And it just so happened that at the time, Denver was building like crazy and there mm-hmm. were cranes all over downtown. So, and there was this one that I passed every day on my way to work. And so I shot that thing every day from different perspectives. And then that feature hub used one of my photos for one of the contests. And that was super exciting. So that got me into editing as well. I started to really enjoy that whole process. That's when I decided to get an iPhone because at the time there were no, there were no apps for Android for editing photos (laughs) and Instagram 
originally was iPhone only, mm-hmm. but they had opened it up to Android, but still there was, there were no editing apps. So I got my first iPhone, which was, um, an iPhone four S I think so that I could start downloading all these editing apps for Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I started getting that feeling from editing photos just as much as I got from taking photos. So that like opened up a whole new world for me. Nice. Um, and then, so instead of spending all of my time crocheting, I started spending <laughs> time editing photos and entering contests on Instagram, <laughs> you know, doing that instead, which was, that just opened up a whole new world for me. You kind of use mobile photography as like a better means than like just buying into the hype of the gear and like trying to play catch up or like trying to be at that quote unquote level. That's like just hearing like you had what you had and you just got really good at it and you didn't want to push for like to get the new DSLR or anything. So I thought it was pretty awesome when you like said that. Well, back, back then when I Mm -hmm. first got on Instagram, it was kind of the opposite that it is now. Mm -hmm. So if you were shooting with a camera, that was not considered cool. You were only considered cool on Instagram if you were shooting with an iPhone. And that was because at that time, the iPhone had all the editing apps. I think even the the Instagram app was better on the iPhone platform than it was on the Android platform. So back then, I mean, having an iPhone was like a status symbol on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Because like back then, you couldn't really post like your digital work from cameras unless you like emailed it to yourself and did all that stuff. Right. Right. Before that, it was even harder because it wasn't as efficient as it is right now. Exactly. And so, you know, I would say maybe mm, it was probably like 2014, 2015, sometime around in there. That was when suddenly I think the big camera companies were like, oh, Instagram is happening. We got to get on board (laughs) and started making it easier for people to, you know, use the interface and, and upload to their computers, upload to their phones, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But for me, once again, like, number one, this is just a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a professional photographer and I don't have any interest in being a professional photographer. I do sell my, my photos here in town to tourists and I sell a little bit online, um, mostly my friends, but I, I have zero interest in being a professional photographer. So I still shoot with my iPhone because I'm not going to make these huge investments in photography equipment for something that's a hobby. And I feel like I get some pretty great shots with my phone, especially now I've got the the i10. I haven't upgraded to the 11 yet. I'm waiting till my 10 dies a little bit more. (laughs) I figure by the time I buy the 11, the 12 will probably be be out. (laughs) So I might just wait for the 12. My, you know, in my regular life away from Instagram, like, I don't care about brands mm-hmm. for anything, you know, like clothing or purses or like whatever. Like, I, I've, I've always kind of thought that's so like people pay all this money just for a brand, you know, like pay a thousand dollars for a purse because it mm-hmm. says Prada on it. I just that to me is just total absurdity. I've never understood that. But when it comes to tech stuff, you know, it's a little bit different. Like I don't think I'd ever have anything except for an iPhone. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd ever shoot with an Android unless Google wants to reach out and <laughs> give me a phone. We'll, we'll talk. 
Google Pixel phones are actually, their cameras are pretty on point. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And I have a couple friends who are on Team Google and, you know, I, it's fun to hear about their experiences and stuff. And and I, I love my iPhone. It's a great phone. Takes great photos. You know, once you know how to use it, I've got some lenses that I use that I can attach to it. Um, right now, I'm totally obsessed with my wide angle lens. <laughs> I, I'm shooting everything with either wide angle or macro right now. It's one or the other. <laughs> no in between. Which lenses? It's called Alnope. A L N O P E. <clears throat> It's not, you know, it's not anything super special, but it's got a nice wide angle. It's got an, an okay macro. Um, there's also a fisheye on it, but the fisheye is terrible. <laughs> so I'll probably upgrade at some point, maybe when I get my uh, stimulus check. Maybe I'll get some <laughs> better lenses. I don't know. Spend a little bit on um, that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just been really uh, excited about shooting wide, and I, I love the way it distorts the image and same with macro. I, I love trying. There's a, there's a challenge when you're shooting macro, especially with an iPhone. I'm sure it's a lot easier with a camera, but it's really difficult to get that focus point mm-hmm. that you want shooting with your phone with a macro lens because, because the phone is so it, it's just the way it's shaped. It's hard to hold it really steady. And so when I get, the focus point in a macro shot that I really love, I can't even tell you the feeling. It's like I sometimes I, I literally will jump up and down. <laughs> like, yes, I got I get, it. <laughs> yeah, I get so excited. And I've even started posting some of my macro flowers on Instagram, which is something I never thought I would do because I, I'm just finding a whole new genre of photography and of subjects that are to me, just amazing. I mean, the details in the inside of a flower are just crazy. So yeah, who knew that? That's cool. I love that. Kitty would like to shoot flowers. (laughs) (laughs) With your Instagram journey and like doing all these editing technique, uh, editing challenges and just shooting, like how did you found Urban Romantics and how that come to be? Okay. So about a year in to Instagram. I was shooting a lot of architecture. I was following this guy who's still on Instagram. His name is Kim. Oh, I can send you his account if you want it. (laughs) I can't, I can't think right now. He had founded a feature hub called looking up at corners and the hashtag is still out there. I see it like on old school IGers posts every once in a while. And so the other thing about Instagram back then is it was only square, right? So you mm-hmm. could only post a square photo unless you had an app that would allow you to put a frame around your photo so it would be landscape or portrait. But there really was a challenge to getting that perfect shot in a square. And that was kind of, you know, the thing about Instagram was to get everything, you know, in a square. So this looking up at corners was all about looking up at buildings and getting your composition so that there would be a corner mm-hmm. of a building in your square. And it could be any shape or size. It didn't have to be a perfect triangle. It could be, you know, whatever. But it, it just, it I don't know. It was just like a whole different <laughs> challenge. And so that 
that made me start looking at architecture in a totally different way. And back then, I I was really into like minimal architecture. And, you know, those kind of shots where you're, it, you're just shooting like a, just one little part of a building that's totally abstract. And you know it's a building, but you don't necessarily know what the whole building looks like. And that was a, that was a whole different challenge too. And that's still a big thing on Instagram. So about a year in, I was really into architecture and someone reached out to me, uh, left me a comment because this was before we had direct messaging (laughs) said, Hey, a lot of my photos are like yours. I live in Denver. You know, would you look at my, my photos? And so I went and looked and sure enough, we had been shooting the same buildings in almost the same way. A lot of our pictures were almost identical. Our editing techniques were different, but it was like, I was so excited. I was like, Oh my gosh, here's somebody doing the same thing that I'm doing. <laughs> wow. In the same city. Like who knew? Cause at the time, everyone I knew in Denver was like taking pictures of lattes. You know, people would go to restaurants and take a picture of their food or take a picture of their latte because Insta was Insta back then. Mm -hmm. Like you took a picture and you posted it immediately. You know, this is where I'm standing right now. You do all your editing in the app or you'd quickly put it in another app, do a little edit and you post it right then. You didn't go home and put everything in Photoshop or Lightroom and, you know, spend two weeks getting that perfect edit or whatever. You posted it right then. And that was the thing. You know, it was instant. That was the whole reason the way that, you know, that the app started is the creators of the Instagram app wanted you to take a a photo of where you were in the moment. So that's what we were doing back then. So I found this this guy, he reached out to me. We met up downtown one time. We started shooting together and, you know, formed a a friendship. And we decided that we had seen like, this is when the the IGers pages were just starting to. So like IGers, Boston, IGers, Sydney, IGers, New York, you know, et cetera. And so we, we had found the IGers Denver page. It had gotten started, but the people who started it weren't really doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to meet other people in Denver who wanted to take pictures of buildings. So we decided to start our own feature hub basically. And and we decided we would, it would be kind of a, anybody could do it, but our hope was, was to find people in Denver who were also shooting the way we were. So we could kind of like form a little community. And so we started Archie Romantics uh, you know, we featured only architecture, very abstract, dramatic, minimal. Um, you never would see like the entire building or a street scene or, you know, any kind of street photography. That's Mm -hmm. not what it was about. It was just about, you know, like spiral staircases (laughs) and interesting angles of architecture. And slowly we kind of started meeting a few people in Denver Um, they weren't necessarily interested in shooting buildings, but they did want to hang out and take photos with us. So this little community just started and, um, I started meeting, you know, just meeting people through Instagram, people I'd never met before. Um, a couple of my friends in Denver were also interested and would come to shoots. 
my really good friend, Denise, she started, she was also into Instagram and she was doing all these crazy edits that were like, you didn't even know what the photo was of. <laughs> um, yeah, they're beautiful, just super abstract stuff. Yeah. We just kind of, it just kind of started snowballing and we just started meeting more people and having bigger meets and Archie Romantics started growing. And, and then about, I don't know, I'd say six or eight months after that, I, I got bored with, with architecture. <laughs> And I started seeing people on Instagram who were shooting reflections. They were shooting puddles. They were shooting subways. Still a lot of architecture and still a lot of kind of weird abstract stuff, but it was different. There were other elements involved. And that was really interesting to me, especially the subways. We don't have a subway in Denver, but uh, we do have trains and we have a little light rail there. So I started shooting that classic going on, getting onto a train and doing that symmetrical shot down the the train car with nobody in the train, you know, stuff like that. And mm. I was kind of moving away from the abstract architecture stuff. And so I decided I wanted to make a hub that featured things like subways and puddle reflections and street shots that were symmetrical, you know, different, different stuff than just architecture, just buildings. So I created urban romantics. Nice. And my friend who I started Archie Romantics with wasn't really interested in that. So I basically just took that on totally on my own. Um, <laughs> I know. And I, yeah. And yeah, he, he, I mean, he, he was okay with it. And, you know, I, his name was on the hub for a while, but he, you know, he had zero interest in it, which is fine. You know, everybody <laughs> has their thing. Like I didn't need him to be excited about it, but I just kind of went on it, you know, different path. And at that time, there wasn't this huge, you know, like urban photography was not this big thing on Instagram that it is now. And it was actually really hard for me to find (laughs) photos to feature. So I was basically just featuring my friends, people I was finding through different kinds of hashtags like puddlegrams and symmetry tags and things like that, you know, were kind of shooting what I was more interested in to what it is now. Like, did you ever expect for urban romantics to be like to what it is like, like the grand scope now of like a community and that community you wanted to build? Um, no. (laughs) And I, I mean, of course I wanted people to follow and I wanted to share and my main intention in the beginning and pretty much still is just to connecting people who have a similar love of, photography and a similar, similar love of urban photography. You know, that's what it's about. Just connecting people. I think Instagram has definitely changed in the last few years. And Mm -hmm. I think it's the community aspect of it has changed quite a bit and it's not like it was 10 years ago or even six years ago. I never was in it for like fortune and fame. Mm -hmm. So again, photography for me has always been a hobby. I never was interested in being a professional photographer. When Instagram started to become monetized, I really kind of got a bad taste in my mouth about feature hubs. Mm. And I would say in 2015, 2016, that's when there was a ton of growth happening. So in 2015, that was really when I got most of my followers on Instagram. And I was working with a, a few different Feature hubs like A Game of Tones, All Too Epic, Weekly Feature, a couple others. We all started the started to kind of work together and promote each other. And through that, I was getting a lot of features on other pages. And you know, in return, we were we were all featuring yeah. each other. 
basically. Back then, if you got a feature on Game of Tones or Urban Romantics or we- Weekly Feature, you might get a few hundred new followers. Like in the 24 hours that your, you know, your photo was up, you might get just a huge amount of followers. And, and it was crazy. And then Game of Tones had a, like a YouTube TV show thing they were doing. It's like on a platform, I think called Twitch, mm-hmm. Twitch TV or something. And I did an interview with them on their show. And overnight, I got a thousand new followers. I mean, it was crazy. The kind of growth you could get back then was just insane. And I mean, you couldn't even keep up with it. It was so crazy. And it was, ex- <laughs> it was exciting, right? It was exciting. But because of all that crazy growth, there were a lot of people that had opportunities to get sponsored and by, com- you know, different companies, either camera companies or watch companies or, you know, travel companies, whatever. And that's when that stuff really started happening. And people were just getting just all kinds of, you know, free flights and trips to places and, you know, free gear and and all that stuff. I didn't like that. I, I've always been like the, like the Sid Vicious or the Kurt Cobain person that's like, I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going <laughs> to sell out, you know, like you have to keep the art pure, whatever. And honestly, I missed some really big opportunities. And I said no to a lot of things that now I kind of wish I had said yes to, <laughs> honestly. And also in 2015, I that was when I went through a really hard breakup. The second half of 2015 was basically just a total nightmare. I was struggling a lot. My ex is somebody who I had met through Instagram. We had all the same Instagram friends. We both went to a lot of meetups. So uh, like I was going to a lot of meetups in Denver. He was going to a lot of meetups in Stockholm and all of those people were connected. So it was like anytime they had a meetup in Stockholm, even though I wasn't following my ex anymore, I literally would wake up every morning to a photo of him first thing when I would open Instagram. I I got to the point in, I think it was December, early January, where I was so broken. Uh, I just couldn't, you know, like you can only keep that strong facade up for so long of like, oh, I'm not going to let this get to me. Nobody's going to bring me down. I'm going to prove like I'm still, you know, a good photographer. And and even though this is really hard, I'm not going to let anybody take my dreams and my and my passion away from me. You know, I was just trying so hard to keep it together. And then one day I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So one day I just I couldn't keep it together anymore. And I deleted I deleted the app from my phone. It literally it was driving me insane. <laughs> and I just couldn't you know, I'm like seeing all these pictures of him with other women. And Mm -hmm. it just was, you know, it was heartbreaking. Like that is just, it was just too much to take. And I just, it just, it turned into this, like, just totally weird alternate universe of pain and confusion. And just, I just couldn't deal. So I deleted the app and I, I left for about three or four months. During that time, it was the beginning of 2016 and it was right before Instagram brought on that stupid algorithm that we have now. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> face, it was the, the Facebook al- algorithm, the right? The timeline was gone. Yeah. And when I came back, it was right when, right when they started that was like April of 2016. So I came back sometime around then and like everything was different. And of course I'd lost all these followers and, and people who I thought were my, my Instagram friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like they had unfollowed me and that was heartbreaking. 
And in the meantime, I had given the care of, of my Instagram hubs, my feature hubs to other people. I was like, yeah, just take it, do whatever you want with it. I don't care anymore. And, but the guys on urban, they had done a bang up job. They were, you know, posting every day. They were really into it. They were, uh, still working with the other hubs and they managed to, to grow quite a bit. And I think we went from like eight, 8,000 followers and, in summer of 2015 to like 80,000 followers in 2016 or something. I mean, it was like insane, the growth that they got. <laughs> and I was just blown away when I came back and I was like, wow, you guys are awesome. <laughs> then even though I didn't care about sponsorships and stuff, I, I did get that, you know, when I saw the growth of, of urban romantics, I, I did get excited about it and I did want to keep that growth going as much as we could. So then that became a challenge. Just I just wanted to get see how many followers we could get on the hub, you know. You saw Instagram from when it was beginning to now. Like what are your thoughts as of, as of your point of view as of right now? And how how Instagram could be again positive, negative. Here's so many different things or not just Instagram in particular, just social media cuz now you have TikTok, YouTube's going big. Like it's a big driver for a lot of um content creators. So what are your thoughts with overall social media and the good and the bad and everything in between? Well, because of, you know, I joined Facebook like the day everybody could join Facebook. I got a Gmail account. Like back then you had to get invited to get Mm -hmm. a Gmail account. And so uh, a friend of mine, for whatever reason, she got in to the Gmail thing. I think through Live Journal. That's going way back. I don't know if anybody out there remembers Live Journal. I don't even know um, Live Journal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I was one of the first people to get an invite to Gmail from somebody, um, and all through, I would say, honestly, I've been doing social media since the early nineties and in a lot of different ways. So in the, the early, the late eighties, early nineties, we had something that was called a a BBS or a bulletin board system. And it was a DOS based messaging system. That's very similar to, um, like a Facebook, uh, you know, you didn't post photos, but you could have like a little avatar at one point. Um, and you had a screen name and mostly what we did is just played DOS based games. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was really into like the D and D kind of games where you go like, you know, hunting for treasure or killing, <laughs> you know, ogres or whatever, like, you know, and it's all DOS based. So it's, pretty cheesy. And, and, you know, now you look at that and you're just like, Oh my God, how do we ever do that? <laughs> how do we survive? So crazy. Yeah. But we had, uh, the, the game was created by this guy and his, his screen name was dragon slayer. Right. <laughs> Turns out this guy's like 14 years old. <laughs> so me and my boyfriend at the time, he had a local meetup for all the people who played his game. And so my boyfriend and I, at the time, I was like, I think I was 20 or 21. I I can't remember. We, we go to this barbecue, right? And it's like all these teenage kids (laughs) were just like, Oh my God, we were the oldest people there. (laughs) Like, Yeah. 
Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, and, and so social media has changed so much, obviously, mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, like then like at one point there was like AOL and, and, you know, you have your email through AOL and there were all these chat rooms and, you know, it's just, it's just evolved in so many ways. And I've always kind of been a part of that in one way or another. In the early nineties, we had a chat room, like a a website based chat room in Denver called Gothic planet. Right. Cause I was a total goth girl at one point. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of am, but not really. Um, (laughs) yeah. So we had Gothic planet and it was just a bunch of people chatting about whatever. It was all local people in Denver. Um, we had a couple of really good goth nights at some of the local clubs. And so we would talk about that, like, Oh, who's going to the club tonight? You know, and then some of the DJs would be like, okay, what do you want to hear tonight? I'm putting my list together. (laughs) And that was really fun. It was fun to be a part of that whole scene. When I quit doing hair, but I still worked at salons. So, and you know, usually as a receptionist or manager, Mm -hmm. I was, because I knew how to use a computer, I became the also the IT person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not an IT person. I don't know anything about this. And then I started doing all the marketing, right? So like I built the website and then eventually like I started the Facebook page and then eventually I started the Instagram page and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's kind of how I got into doing all of that as a living, Mm -hmm. right? And then especially being a big part of Instagram, having feature hubs, you know, having a decent amount of Instagram followers, then people kind of think that you know what you're doing, whether you do or not. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but I'm just saying I, I, that's, I kind of always just got plugged into that wherever Mm -hmm. I worked because people knew that I was using Instagram a lot. So suddenly I was the marketing person. Because of that, in a lot of ways, I am just super burned out on social media. Like I hardly ever look at Facebook anymore. Mm -hmm. I have been a little bit more now because of, you know, we're all in lockdown. And so of course I want to see how my friends are doing on Facebook, Instagram. I've kind of gotten to the point where I only post a couple of times a week for various reasons, mostly because I just don't have time. And I feel terrible because, you know, it's always been about community for me. I used to spend more time on Instagram than I spend at my job. I mean, I was on Instagram all the time and I would be like liking and commenting and, you know, featuring and doing all this stuff and really supporting my friends. Honestly, I've become a really bad Instagram friend and I feel terrible about it, but, um, I just, I just don't have the time for it anymore. Um, so I just post a couple times a week. I try to engage as much as I can. I think that, because of Facebook taking over Instagram, there's so many changes that I think are horrible. It's built a lot of resentment in Mm -hmm. me because it has taken away a lot of that community. Also, the whole thing with everybody now is like a Sony ambassador or, you know, whatever. And it's no longer cool to shoot with just your iPhone, right? Like I see people all the time. Oh, sorry guys. This is an iPhone photo. I know it's not that great. And I'm like, this doesn't look different than anything else you post. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I really, that whole thing has really left a bad taste in my mouth as well, because I feel like just in the last couple of years, all these people saw the growth on Instagram. So they all went out and bought a really expensive camera 
and they bought some presets from Jude Allen or, you know, whoever. And so now they're, they're putting out these honestly terrible photographs, but with a really cool edit. So it kind of looks cool when you first look at it because the edit's really cool, right? Cause it's some big photographer's preset. But, you know, after you look at it for a while, you're like, oh, my God, the composition is terrible. I'm not even sure what they're taking a picture of. Is it the person on the side of the photo or is it the thing at the end of the street? Like, you just don't know. Or it's just some random street shot. They just went out and stood in the middle of the street and took a photo. And then they went into Photoshop or or Instagram or not Instagram, a Lightroom, and they made some spectacular sunset. And, uh, you know, totally changed the photo into something a hundred percent different than the original photo, which is fine. Like I'm all about editing. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that a lot, I feel like a lot of people take terrible photos with no composition, no thought at all into the actual photo, put a cool edit on it. And then suddenly they've got 10,000 followers. I mean, and kudos to you if that's <laughs> like what you've done. I'm, you know, I'm I really don't want to judge anybody, but I just feel like overall the feeling of Instagram now is very narcissistic. It's mm-hmm. all about me, right? It's, Hey, look at my page. I, I can't even tell you on urban romantics, how many people send us messages. Look at my photos. You need to feature <laughs> me. But to me, it's never been about how many followers you have. And it's never been about how many likes you get on a photo. I mean, sure. We all want that, right? Mm -hmm. Because it it gives us some sort of validation that our photo is good. And so if you get a, you know, you have a certain amount of followers and you get a certain amount of likes on your photo, then suddenly you feel good about yourself. That's so messed up, (laughs) you know? And I think social media has really changed the way that we feel about ourselves as a human being. Like if you don't have so many followers on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, then you're not a good person or then you're not a good photographer. You're not a good artist or whatever. I can't, it's getting harder and harder for me to, to stay a part of that Mm -hmm. sort of that world. Honestly, right now I keep my Instagram up because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I know like you, the podcast is a way for me to connect with people. And for me, that's what Instagram's always been about is connecting with other people. And so now that it's, it's all monetized and everybody's trying to get a sponsor and everybody's trying to get free gear and, and everybody's trying to get featured on, you know, whatever hub, it's just, it's just lost that feeling of, you know, I, I talk to people who have never been to an Instameet. And, you know, Instagram stopped doing their worldwide instamates. They used to do four times a year, every quarter. They had a worldwide instamate and they had a hashtag that was like WW, I can't even remember, instamate, <laughs> you know, and then the number after it for like whatever number instamate that was, like 12 or, you know, whatever. And it was a big deal. And like everybody followed Instagram because they wanted to see do you remember the weekend hashtag project? No. See, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They used to have a weekend hashtag. And so whatever the theme was, like everybody on Instagram would, would go out and try to take pictures that fit that theme. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And one of my friends, um, Ed, he's one of the uh, mods on Urban Romantics, Ed Gillardin, super cool guy. He got featured because he did this time-lapse video of him eating this giant stack of pancakes. I mean, I'm talking like <laughs> there were like 25 pancakes stacked. I don't even know how many there were, but this huge stack of, of pancakes and he ate all of them. So this time lapse is of him just sitting there eating these pancakes. It was amazing. <laughs> and he got featured, you know, for the weekend hashtag project. And now he has like 30,000 followers, you know, and that's how that was the other thing. Like Instagram, if you were featured by Instagram, oh my God, like look out. <laughs> right. I mean, it was a huge deal. They would, uh, I can't remember what they call it now. But every couple weeks, they would have like 10 photographers that they followed. And so you check to see where they were following. And those were like the featured Instagram photographers, right? Because mm -hmm. this was before they had all the different ways for you to find people. Like there wasn't really a search. There wasn't really, um, you know, that thing when you when you go to somebody's profile and you see that list yeah. of other people to follow. Like they didn't have stuff like that right? you like, you really had to search to find people mm -hmm. on Instagram. So you go to Instagram and you'd see who they were following. And I had so many of my friends that were featured there. And that was the big goal then was to get, and I can't, there was a name for it and I can't think of what it is. And I'm sorry that I can't, but <laughs> they stopped doing that too. Right. So, yeah. so they, when Facebook took over, they gradually phased out all of these things that were all about community and all about people connecting in real life, not just online, you know, going to Instameets, going out and, and taking photos of a certain thing. And a lot of them were with other people. Like they wanted you to collaborate with other people that is just gone. And now it's like Instagram is just about the individual, right? And it's all these people out there just fighting for likes and fighting for followers and you know, fighting to be popular. And I, I just, I find it very bizarre. It makes me sad. It makes me resentful. And so honestly, that's kind of the big reason that I start, I didn't actually start the podcast. I'm not going to claim that it was, <laughs> the podcast was my idea because it wasn't, but the reason that I've kept doing it and been so passionate about it is because like talking to you, Mm -hmm. I probably never would have met you <laughs> if it weren't for the podcast, right? Yeah. There's so many people I would never have met because of the, I, when I started this podcast. So yeah. it was, it's, it's been a surreal because I got, I fell in the trap to try to get likes and everything else. And then, it, you know, took a step back, like, what am I really doing this for? And then I just really just love hearing stories. Like when I told you on, um, when we interviewed and it just morphed into that, like more of, I kind of now seen, Instagram or social media more as a again marketing platform instead of building like likes and follows it was more of just who cares about the likes and follows but more about the exposure of this thing I'm trying to build instead of the number that makes sense so that's what yeah, I saw social media mm -hmm. now so now it it was different when you start seeing it in a different light then for likes and follows and now utilize it more. And it's actually funner to you to be on personally for me to be on social media because now I'm figuring out how to gain the exposure, not just because of like, Oh, likes and follows or numbers, but how do I see, how do I help 
these photographers I interview to be heard even more. I agree. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like to hear people's stories just like you do. I like to hear the stories behind the photos. I like to hear the stories behind their, you know, their Instagram story, mm-hmm. you know, how they got started, why they started, um, how they discovered that photography was a passion. You know, all these things are really interesting to me. I, I found that they're interesting to other people as well. And I really enjoy sharing those stories. Now it's more than just sharing a single photo. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, I'm sharing maybe a couple of your photos on urban romantics. We'll post those, <laughs> but I really want people to hear the stories behind those photos. You know, everything else. I, I find a lot of people have used photography as a way to get sober, which I find interesting. Um, a lot of artists, I think, struggle with addiction mm-hmm. in one form or another. And so hearing how photography kind of helped change the path of their life is fascinating to me. Um, you know, things like that or, or people getting over uh, a death of a loved one or a breakup or, you know, some kind of pain, right? Some kind of bad thing that happened to them photography pulled them out of that. And it's just, it's, I find it so inspiring, you know, and that's, those are the things that I love about what social media once was. It's like the person, right. Mm -hmm. It's not about what kind of camera they're using. It's not about, you know, whatever they're selling, like the person behind that is what's interesting to me. So I love that. Yeah. I want to kind of just go back on the overall journey. I know you went through so much. I kind of just want to dive in on the journey itself, just of life, you know, like sure, ups and down the struggles and how did you overcome or your initial shock and feeling of that? Well, um, yeah, I have had a lot of career changes and I, I, I think that's more the norm now than maybe it used to be like for our parents or mm-hmm. uh, grandparents, right? you you got out of school or you, you know, you, you finished college, you got a degree and then, you know, you were an insurance salesman for 30 years or, you know, my mom was a, a dental hygienist for 35 years. Um, and that was just, you know, you did one thing and, and that was, that was that. I think originally I wanted to be a hairdresser. I was a great hairdresser. I love being a hairdresser. I love the social aspect of it. I love my clients like every single client that came in was my favorite person during that hour or that half hour, whatever time they were with me. Like I just gave them everything I had and made them feel so special. And because of that, um, I, I built a lot of clients pretty quickly. People, people want to feel special and, um, it's not just about looking good. It's about feeling good. Right. So I did, I did my best to do, to do both as a hairdresser and it was my passion. God, I love doing hair more than anything. It just, (laughs) it was, I loved it, but I injured my shoulder. Mm. Um, I had a repetitive motion injury to my left shoulder and I couldn't do hair anymore. Right. So it wasn't even like a decision that I made to stop doing hair. It was kind of taken away from me and it was very difficult, you know, through that, then I, you know, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life after that. Right. So I went back to school, 
I'm not going to go in, in the ins and outs of all of my jobs, but for whatever reason, there's always been, I, I, I hate to, it's such a cliche and I hate the saying that everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm a lot older than you are. I'm not going to tell you my age. I, I was a teenage, I'll tell you I was a teenager in the eighties, right? So you can guesstimate my age from there. You know, I have a son that's just a couple years younger than you are. So, you know, I could be, I could be your mother. You know, looking back over my professional life, I do see that things did happen. Like if I hadn't lost this job, I wouldn't have gotten this job mm -hmm. or doing this one thing at one job meant that I had a skill for something else. Like the, the, uh, social media thing that was just sort of, you know, I didn't go to, I didn't go to marketing school. I didn't go to business school. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a, a history and poli sci major. I took two years of German. Like, you know, those were the things I was interested in school. I wanted to be a history professor. That was after I stopped doing hair. So all of this other stuff that happened just kind of happened because it happened. It wasn't really on purpose. It just happened. But looking back, it's just like with relationships, right? Like, oh yeah, I dated this one person and I kind of learned this lesson through that. So I, I never made that mistake again. You know, whatever. All these little steps in your life take you to the next step. At the same time, I, when I hear people talking about not having regret, I think they probably haven't lived long enough to regret things that they did in their youth. Because I can tell you, once you get a little bit older, you're like, <laughs> oh, why didn't I do that? Or why did I do that? It's like one of my biggest regrets is not moving to San Francisco in 1993. If I could change anything, I would go back and have yeah. moved to San Francisco in 1993. That would be one of the big things, the big changes I would have made in my life. I don't know how that would have changed the rest of my life, but I wish I had figured it out. You yeah. know, recently, uh, I lost my job here in silver city. So in October of 2018, the town dissolved the organization I worked for and gave the tourism contract to a company in Albuquerque. They don't, they're not even in silver city. Right. <laughs> and believe me, I could go on like a five hour <laughs> rant about that. So I, I won't, but however, 2019 has been rough or was rough. As you get older, it's harder to find jobs. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to hire somebody my age. I'll tell you that much. It's, it is a struggle as you get older to find work. And now I finally was starting to get my shit together in 2020, mm -hmm. the beginning of 2020. I had a great part-time job that was paying my rent, paying my phone bill. And then last, last summer, I partnered with a friend of mine in her art gallery here in Silver City. So I was co-owner of an art gallery. And every month we were making strides. We had some of our, like we had our best December ever. Uh, she'd been doing it for almost three years. So she had, you know, she had records of the past two years and we were really, I mean, we were kicking some ass. It was, it was awesome. And I was really starting to see that I could sell my photography. I could make a living a little bit, not a, mm -hmm. not like a really good living, but enough to, you know, get by and getting that feedback in the gallery of uh, people who didn't even know that I was the photographer. Um, <laughs> that was really awesome too, right? It's better than getting likes on Instagram. I'll tell you that much. So now because of the pandemic, uh, my hours got cut and we, de we've decided to close the gallery and, um, because all of the, we, we depend here on tourism, right? Mm -hmm. So with all of our big events canceled for the year, it's just, we just decided it's not worth the struggle. Yeah. We could probably get a loan and, and stay open for a little while. It just would be so hard. 
And yeah. we decided we, we needed to focus on ourselves. And um, so, yes, again, I feel like this whole the COVID-19 thing has just thrown a big wrench in my life again. So I don't I have no idea what I'm going to do. Not a clue. But um, I know that, you know, if I if I could survive 2019, I can survive 2020. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep going. Just have a smile on my face and just keep doing what I do. Whatever comes next is whatever comes next. Just keep going. Nice. No, no matter how hard it is, you just keep going. You just get through that day and then you get through the next day and you get through the next day and eventually shit works out. Finish up the last two questions. I think okay. you already heard these ones since you listened to my interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying these too. So okay, what is your why? Well, I will be very honest with you. My why is my son. That is, <clears throat> he's the only reason I get out of bed. So yeah, like mm -hmm. I love him so much and I just, uh, I have to keep going for him. That's amazing. Finishing up on the interview, is that advice to the creative community pushing themselves to the next level or just getting started? Like what do you have for any content creator that's, you know, just trying to figure it out? Practice makes perfect. <laughs> It does. You, you know, like I said, keep shooting. You just have to, you have to keep going. Even, you know, if you take a thousand photos that are just horrible, you know, you might get one shot out of that, but that one shot is totally worth it. And you, you aren't born a photographer. You know, you might be born as a creative person. Mm -hmm. You might be, uh, have a better eye for things than someone else does. Um, but it still takes practice. You're not just born perfect, right? So whatever your focus is, you just have to, sorry, no pun intended. You have to, uh, <laughs> you just, you know, you have to just keep practicing. And, and I think that is true. Even, even if you are a good photographer and even if you have been shooting for years and, um, you're good at it, what you do, you know, you buy a new lens, say for your camera that gives you a totally different perspective. And then you got to shoot with that for a while and figure that out or, you know, whatever it is, you just have to, you just have to keep at it. Practice makes perfect. And I think sometimes your best shot is the one behind you. So don't forget to turn around when you're taking <laughs> pictures. <laughs> uh, Kitty, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was awesome having you on. Great talking to you and hearing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me again. It's such an honor. And um, it was just really fun to talk with, with you. I thank you again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you too. And with that, we are out. Thank you for everyone that is listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. It will mean the world. If you want to chat with me, or have a recommendation of a creative to interview, hit me up on my Instagram at thecreatorsmind underscore. Until next time, keep on creating, spread positive vibes, and I'll talk to y'all soon.